jump into the Word. We're going to start a new series this morning, and I'm very excited about it. Uh, as I've been praying about it and uh, preparing for it, uh, I've really stirred up uh, uh, in terms of maybe what this topic and this small series is going to be about and what it's going to mean uh, this morning. So as we uh, look into this, can I ask you to be just completely open to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say with you? I think this may be uh, a much more important topic than I even imagined once I started studying, started preparing and, and so forth and going through this. And the Lord just began to speak to me and stir my hearts. And I thought, you know, is the, the series title is Friends. Friends. And I thought... Uh, is having friends really important enough to do a series on? That was my question. I started asking myself, is it really important? You know, I don't want to waste my time or your time. Uh, and, and then my second question was, is having friends even biblical? You know? Anybody here have uh, any BFFs? Raise your hand if you do. Come on. Just a few of you. Maybe this is a good topic. Uh, <laughs> I want to hopefully show you today how, uh, and, and, and we're, we're going to kind of develop it uh, over the next couple of weeks, just maybe what it really means and how do we accomplish it. But I, I'd like to, uh, to, to uh, really stir your heart to, to, to lean in and hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. Because really, the topic of friends is more biblical than I thought it was. It's, it's more there than what I realized. And, and so I hope you can capture it, too. I read a few, uh, just a few uh, quotes here about true friends. It says, one of them is, we'll be friends until we're old and senile. And then we'll be new friends. <laughs> I am the friend you have to explain to your other friends before they meet you. Come on, any of you have a few of those? <laughs> they know how crazy you are, true friends know how crazy you are, and they still chose to be seen with you in public. True friends are people who know, who you, know you really well and like you anyway. True friends don't judge each other. They judge other people together. <laughs> I know, a little bit low, but funny. <laughs> All right, let's start with a, a, a very familiar but important Bible verse, and this is what really has been stirring in me uh, since uh, I started looking into this. It's John chapter 15 and verse 15. John chapter 15 and verse 15, and then we're going to go to Ecclesiastes in just a minute. It says, no longer... Do I call you servants? Now, this is John writing, the one that's close to the Lord. It's nearing the end of his walk on earth. And he's making this huge statement or transition for us to realize. No longer do I call you servants. Something has changed. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. Remember, a servant just does what he's told. That's it. Just to go do it. Go do it. Go do and, and <clears throat> But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I have made known to you. And so, Father, this morning I pray, first, Lord, our friendship with you, with you would open up in a new way. 
Each one of us, God, would have an ear to hear what you're saying and what you're revealing to us. Because without, well, really, without your light, without you, well, we just uh, grapple around in darkness. But God, with your light and with your truth and with your friendship, we can walk through this journey together. And, and, and as you said, you reveal things to us that we need to know. So bless this time in the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 and verse 9. I, I want you to, to hear this. And again, just really some of these uh, things, we, we read them quick like it's almost a little bedtime poem or something, you know, a Humpty Dumpty thing. But it really isn't. It's really something that God's wanting to uh, take us, to, 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 for us to take a hold of and believe it enough that we do something about it. Because remember, God's into hearing and doing, not just hearing and not doing anything about it. And, and I wonder sometimes if we maybe do that a little bit too often. And so as, as this, this word sinks into our heart, uh, let the Holy Spirit speak to you through it. It says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. That's the truth. For if one person falls down, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Wow. Wow. Now listen to that because, you know, we all can trip and fall. And what he's saying is that propensity may be there and it may happen to you. But if you have somebody with you, if you have a friend, you're going to be picked back up. You're going to be helped through this thing. You're going to succeed through it. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And a threefold, a three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. When you think about Jesus and his life and what he modeled for us, because I don't think he ever asked us to do something that he didn't already do. He's done it all. And what was the first thing that he did when he came to earth? He gathered 12 people around him. And they were all a little bit different. They were all a little bit quirky. He always probably had to explain Peter before he introduced him. You know, watch your ears. <laughs> you know, be careful. Uh, he always had to do something like this for these guys, but he, he, it's interesting, he gathered them together around him and brought them into his circle, and as we will see, or as we do see, as we have seen, is they were the ones that ended up extending the gospel to the furthest ends of the world, because Jesus only lived in a small area. These guys went out. And so as we, as we look at that, and we think about what he, what he did and how he modeled that, I think it's important for us. Now, his friend, remember his close friend John, uh, was an old saint when he wrote the, 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 the gospel and when he wrote the three books of uh, John and then when he wrote Revelation. But I want to hear some wisdom from him out of 1 John. Here's what it says. Here's what he's saying to us. We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, who <clears throat> we have heard and seen, we saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life. There is one who is life, life itself was revealed to us and we have seen him. And now we testify and we proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the father and then he, re, he was revealed to us. 
So he's, he's explaining to us the reality of God actually coming to this earth, and they saw him, and they wrestled with him, arm wrestled with him, pulled pranks on him. They did all these things with him. They knew he was real. It was not, it was not just a, a story that they were repeating or telling. It says, we proclaim to you that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may, what, have fellowship with us. And when you stop and think about that, what, he's going back and forth. No, we've seen him, we've touched him, we've wrestled with him, we live with him, and we've, we're telling you this so that you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Now, I, I, I want to pause there for a second because what John is trying to communicate to each one of us is that our fellowship and our relationship revolves around this one man that they knew. It revolves around Jesus Christ. And through Jesus, we're all born into what? One family, one body, one Christ. We're all brought into this thing. So, so technically, and in reality, and for eternity, the person sitting next to you is your family. That's who we are, right? And, and there's many others, but he's brought us together in a community for us to realize that we are really family. Now, if you're like me, you know, you don't hang with your family a lot <laughs> for various reasons, okay? But what God's desire was is that we would become this amazing family that would demonstrate his goodness, his love, and the relationship that we can have with him uh, as we have it with each other. And so he goes on to say, and our fellowship was with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things that you may fully share our joy. Now, I think when I, I, I read that, I backed up a little bit and thought, wow, he's connecting this fellowship, this family, this relationship that we are to have with the joy that we will have. It comes with that and not separate from that. Most of you, if you've come from a broken home or a broken family, any of you that have, you understand the pain and the loss of joy that's there because of that. It's no fun. It's a, holidays are no fun and birthdays are no fun and life is just not real fun when you are a part or have come from a broken family. And, and, and there's stresses there and struggles there. And what he's saying is, hey, it's in these relationships. It's in this fellowship, if you can understand this, if you can have ears to hear. It's, if, it's in this fellowship that we will, uh, have sh uh, we will have joy. We will find this joy. And I, I wonder sometimes if people are, uh, that have separated themselves from their families or separated themselves from the body of Christ or the family of God that God's put them in, and they're stressing out because they have no joy, and they're wondering what's wrong. And I don't know, we always have, seem to have a propensity to blame somebody else for our problems, don't we? It's like it's their fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's their fault when in reality maybe I've just separated myself from the relationships that were going to provide that joy. He goes on to say this in verse 5. This is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you. God is light, and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but we go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth, 
But if we are living in the light as God is in the light, then we have what? Fellowship with one another. So what he's saying is, man, if, you have, if you're away from this fellowship, you're living in darkness. You're not getting it, and you won't get it until you step into moving into the relationship and the fellowship that we have with each other. And I'm going somewhere with this, so I want you to hold on for just a few minutes, okay? Just hold on. Because he, it's a very clear statement. He says, hey, if, if you're living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Most of us know the word there, fellowship, uh, literally is the word koinonia. And that word fellowship means community. It means communion. It means joint participation. In other words, it's a little bit deeper than, hey, we just meet on Sunday and say hey and high-five each other, and then we go our way, and there's nothing happening in between. How many know that's a little bit like a broken family? Can we just be honest? That's just a little bit of a broken family mindset where we just go away, and there's not this communion, this fellowship that's going on that God is desirous. And when, I, when I was thinking about this, I thought about the word love, because that's what's very important in all of this. And most of you would know that there's four primary words that, uh, that's in the Bible, and the Bible says that God is love, so this would be an important part of what I'm saying and where I want us to, to grasp this from. Uh, the first one is is uh, the storge. Storge, it's the Greek word describing family love. Uh, it's, it's, it's just an affection between parents and siblings and family members that we, are, that we can have and we can enjoy and we can have. And again, for me, that was always a, a strange one because I didn't experience that. We had nothing but fighting and yelling and screaming going on in our family. We didn't have the closeness until we, we had our own family. The second word is is uh, just for married folk only here, uh, it's the Greek word eros. <clears throat> it's uh, sensual and romantic love. It's a, it's a deeper love that's between a husband and a wife. It's a, it's a, uh, a type of love that they, they alone share. And then the third one is philea. It's <clears throat> a type of emotional love between good friends, brotherly love, love and humanity, and to those that are in need. So there's this Phileo love that I should have with people in general, and a lot of us would experience that type of love together. And then the other one that most of us know and have heard would be the agape love. It's the highest of the four types. It's, it's the divine love that comes from God. And it's the type where he loves us, he says, with an everlasting love. I'm never going to change my love towards you. It's always going to be strong. And yeah, you're going to blow it, but I'm not going to change. And it's the loving kindness that draws us back to him. It's not the big stick that he swings. How many would agree with that? It's the love of God that draws us toward him and, and, and toward his love. And so we have these four types of love, but they're all in relation to each other. How do we relate to each other, whether we're friends or family or married uh, or in the family of God, with him and with God and how he loves us and, and how do we... How do we relate to that? And so this whole idea of friends, I think, pulls us together with uh, the, the, uh, the philia love, which is the, the emotional love between good friends, brotherly love uh, that, that we can have with each other. And it's important for all of us to understand that so that we can step into it. 
Um, and again, I know that for many people, that's a real foreign thing. Well, wait a minute, I'm just happy like I am. Do you want me to go deeper? Is this what you're asking here? You know, you want me to, you know, be more in love with people? Uh, most of us are kind of tired of people, right? I mean, <laughs> most of us would like to just check out, you know, and our, you know, our statement would be, well, I love you, but just enough to get to heaven, <laughs> you know? It's just this kind of thing where we've kind of backed off from people and from each other, and we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be open. We don't want to be deep. We don't want to show our affections and our emotions to people because it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of hard. It, it's hurt when I've done it in the past. It's a challenge, or it's, maybe it's just awkward. It's, you know, I'm just awkward being affectionate with people. I'm awkward about that. It just doesn't come natural to me. I, I'm, you know, I'm a rough guy. I'm a whatever. And so we draw back from something that I believe, again, is back to what does God want for us? What does he know that I don't know about this thing called relationship and friendship? And how can I step into it? And I, I just believe that, you know, it's even possible that, you know, uh, I think we're probably all guilty of it at times where we pray for this, but we're totally ignoring or avoiding this. And God's saying, hey, I want you to do this. And you're like, that doesn't relate, God. I need this. I want this. And oh, but God, God said, right, here's what I want you to do. And you just never know what God has in mind for you because you've just kept your distance. You've found your space and you're happy in that. And God's saying, man, I can't even get to you. I want to get to you, but you've closed yourself up to you. And, and, and oftentimes I have found on the journey, and maybe you have too, that uh, uh, that, that God uses other people to help your life. Anybody, anybody say they, they would agree with that? Yeah. And he brings people alongside of you. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's important. And I know it's hard because we're just not living in that kind of a world. You know, we're living in a world that's so filled with, you know, just like the stuff like Facebook and Twitter and all of that. And what goes on in there? Just a bunch of back and forth bickering and so forth. You say one thing wrong and everybody's on your case. Have you ever said something on Facebook or Twitter or something and you didn't mean it that way, but before you know it, you're getting bombarded with uh, a bunch of reactions to that, you know? It's like, wow, that's just a back off. And, 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 and either you back off or you get meaner. It's the truth. And a lot of us just think, well, man, you know, like the word politics, like, wow, please, we've had enough of that. And so we end up backing way away from it and instead of, uh, instead of maybe finding the right balance of it. And uh, we, we see all this fighting going on. We just think, wow, I don't want to do that. But how many would maybe also admit, and, and again, we need to show hands, but it's, it's, it's rough it's rough to really open your heart to people. It's just hard to really do that because sometimes people aren't sensitive to you. Sometimes people are mean to you. And, and, and you just got to, you know, I want to do that because I know it's right, I know it's important, I know I have to do that. But man, it's just so tough. I'd rather just find this level of humor that I can live in <laughs> or this false world that I can live in and stay right there. My challenge is that that's really not what God's plan is for us. He has so much more for you, and it seems scary, but man, if you'll step into it and begin to open up, you'll begin to experience something, I think, from God that will totally blow you away. 
I mean, it just totally changed your life. But I have to really step back and say, really, I really need to do that, and I really need to open up, and, and so forth. And you might think right now of uh, maybe just some incidents where you have uh, uh, actually done that, and people have either maybe exposed you to others or maybe made fun of you or maybe just didn't listen to you, and you walk away from that with this, this wound in your heart. Uh, and, and so uh, if, 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 you, if you hear what I'm saying, I think, and begin to let it open you up, because you have to open up inside to have a relationship. And you have to have relationships to be whole. You have to have relationships because you will always, oh, you might kick yourself a few times, but you'll always see yourself in a different light than maybe what you are. But, but, but you begin to realize that relationships begin to change that. If you, if you let yourself get into a relationship, not just one because they agree with everything you say, but because they really love you enough to speak into your life, man, it can just transform you. And that type of fellowship that John was talking about brings greater joy than you'll ever imagine. And that's what John was saying. Man, you're, just, you're closing yourself off. And I, and I read that scripture uh, a long time ago in John, and, and it still, you know, it still works on me, uh, is that, you know, it says, hey, if you, if you say that you love God, but you don't love your brother who you can see, you're, you're, you're deceived. You're wrong. And, and I, I think that the way that God created us, and I'll show us this in just a minute, the way God created you and I was specifically to have relationship. Matter of fact, he goes to great extent to say, hey, you're one body. You're all members of the same body. So you're all members of the same body. And it's just kind of this repeated thing that he kind of emphasizes and says, hey, I want you to realize this. And, and there's a reason and a purpose for that. And it's a great purpose, uh, but we have to understand it. We have to be wanting to, to do that. And and, and what I'm realizing is that the Bible is the source of really all wisdom concerning every area of life, and that includes our relationships and our friendships. And so if you, I want to give you some examples here, and I want to show you this, and, and, and maybe that, that, that it'd be enough to, to break some things open inside of us that might be holding us back from this, so that we can step deeper into a place um, of what I might even call healing, a place of redemption from the past, redemption from the things that made us maybe how we are today that are maybe cutting us off from the supply that God has for us because he never leaves us, he never forsakes us, he's not going to leave you where you're at. He's going to, and he's probably, you know, it's like the guy that, you know, prayed, oh, God, save me from this, you know, this storm. And, and, and so uh, a guy in a boat comes by and, and, and a rowboat and comes by and, you know, he stops to help this guy and says, no, 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 God, I'm waiting for God to help me. And he goes on by, you know, doesn't, doesn't take it. You know, the next guy comes by in a little rubber raft and says, hey, can I help you? No, 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 God's going to help me. And, you know, and, and the whole story ends up being that, you know, the guy, God sent those people to help him. But they rejected that because they were after something different. And, and, and I think we can be like that. 
And what I'm hoping that we will come out of this series is honestly, and myself included, I, I want to be more whole than what I am. How many can say amen to that? I just want to be more whole. There's a joy in the kingdom of God in our relationship with God that we can live right on earth. And if we try to do it our way, it isn't going to work. Keep trying, keep trying. It's not going to work. It's going to be short. It's going to fall short of this thing. And you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be disappointed when God says, man, I got such joy for you. And it is really a joy in a relationship and a friendship and a fellowship with one another. I got something happening for you, but you are cutting it off. And again, it may not be, you know, you're not shooting people, but you're, 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 certainly, you're certainly avoiding them. You know, you have a topic that you're going to talk about, and that's it. We're not going to go any deeper than that. And, and because of that, we live with that, and pretty soon it starts wearing on us. Let's look at just a few examples in the Scripture to kind of show you uh, this. Think about David and Jonathan. Most of us know him. Uh, David was uh, the called and anointed king, but not yet because Saul still was. And so because he was a warrior, Saul brings him into his camp. It looks like in, from, the, from, uh, from the, the scriptures there uh, that they have this first meeting together, and Saul's son Jonathan is sitting in that meeting. And by the end of that meeting, he heard David probably opening his heart up so much that he didn't see it in his father Saul because he was a head and shoulders tough guy. He didn't see that, that right in the middle of that meeting, at the end of that meeting, Jonathan goes over to David and, and, and look at what he says. As soon as he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. I thought, wow. The only thing I can think of is, you know, David was a pretty, I mean, Saul was a pretty hard guy. He, only had, he was task-oriented. He was rough in what he said. Oh, I'm sure he loved his son, but he was probably really strict and rough on him. And here comes David, the man after God's heart, right? And he's probably just sharing from his heart, and Jonathan's just sitting there. I can just see it. He's probably sitting there. Maybe some tears started falling from his eyes as he thought, wow, this guy has a heart, and I have a heart, and I'm connecting with it. And all of a sudden, he joins himself to, uh, to David, so much so that when his father, who got jealous over David, remember the song when they had, uh, uh, they, they had some battle, and, and then all of a sudden, it's, uh, you, you can read this in, in Samuel, you can read the story in 1 Samuel 18, all of a sudden, you know, uh, the ladies put together a choir, it seems, <laughs> and they start singing. You know, David, or Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And that's when Saul went off, man. He said, this is it. i got to get rid of David. He, starts, he's get, he plans to kill him. Jonathan, Saul's son, goes to David and tells him. He says, man, you got to get out of here. Dad's gone berserk. He's going to kill you. And he ends up helping them. And, and, and through the whole course of the journey, he helps David. What, what, what caused him to break away? Blood has always been thicker. Than, than, than water. You know, it's always just that thing where, is that how you say that statement? Is that how, did I say that right? I can mess up statements really good, kind of like Balky used to. Uh, 
Anyway, it's like, you know, this this thing that's happened, but something happened in that meeting that caused this guy to totally turn away from his father and help him. What about Moses and Aaron? You know, they're two friends together. Uh, You know, they they were uh, certainly related, but they were also friends together. And they understood this friendship thing. And, and here Moses, you know, he's called to be this great deliverer, maybe one of the greatest deliverers of all times, but he has a weakness. And his weakness is, is hey, I, I stutter. I, I can't talk in front of people. And, and, and so what does Aaron do? Aaron comes right up alongside of him, and God uses Aaron to be his spokesperson, but he doesn't remove Moses from his job. They teamed up. And they were able to accomplish everything that God wanted them to do. It was a deep relationship. And you can, you can again, I, I'm not going to go through all the stories. You can, you can find these stories as you read through the scriptures. What about Elijah and Elisha? Another pair of people that joined together. And Elisha, uh, Elijah was the, the older prophet who did all these miracles and these amazing things. And Elisha, along with some others, kind of joined up with them as part of his team, but at one point, Elijah says, hey, I'm taking off. I want you guys to stay here. Maybe he understood it was getting close to the end of his time. But Elisha decided, no, I'm going to be your friend. And he says, I'm going with you. I'm sticking with you no matter what. I'm going with you. And we know the story here. They take off together, and that's when, uh, that's when Elijah takes off in the chariot, And what does he do? He throws his mantle back on Elisha. Elisha ends up doing twice the miracles that what Elijah did. And so Elisha helps him, and he helps Elisha. And so we see these amazing team-ups. What about Naomi and Ruth? You know, they come together. The the Naomi's sons die. She's got two daughter-in-laws. Everything's falling apart in her life. She's kind of crumbling down, and she's miserable, and she's not what, sure what to do, and she's not able to uh, take care of these girls now. And, and so she just says, listen, why don't you just go back to your home country? It's done. We're over. It's over. Listen to the words of Ruth. Don't urge me to leave. The one, one daughter-in-law left. But she came to her and says, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Wow. What a connection of relationship. What a friendship that pulled together. And you can read that story of that unconditional love and loyalty and so forth. Have you ever lost a friend because maybe you didn't do something like they wanted you to do, or maybe you did something stupid and they just bailed on you and said, I'm just, I can't even hang around you anymore. Kind of bailed on you, just left you on your own through a hard time. It just, it, it, it's just, it, it happens, but we're seeing over and over. What about Jesus and John? You can read John 15 and you can hear the story, the, the friendship and the story of love that goes on there between him and Jesus. And we see uh, uh, him, uh, again, out of the 12, there's three that they're closer, Peter, James, and John. But it says that John is really close. So John leaned in, and he went against the tide. He went against the grain, uh, even to the point where it said he laid on, his, on Jesus' breast. He just laid there, and they were close at the, toward the end of his life and ministry. He came close to him, 
And, and there was this connection there that I think would have supported Jesus in where he was at because he would have walked away thinking, wow, he really gets it. This has really been worth it. <laughs> this is all worth it. My sacrifice is worth it. I have relationship, and I can have relationship. And, and John ends up writing the book of Revelation, so he revealed all this stuff to John out of this deepness and this friendship and this relationship. And then I think about uh, <clears throat> Christ and you and I. And what he wants to have with you and I is this type that we've been describing of relationships. How do I get close to you? And you read in John 15 and verse 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that he would lay down his life for what? His friends. Greater love has no one. Because he laid down his life for his friends. Let me just wrap up this morning in, in just a minute here. But let me just ask you this question. Uh, do you have that kind of, uh, we call it BFF nowadays. Do we have that kind of friend? Are we in relationship with people that we can really connect with and we can communicate with? Because again, left to yourself, left to yourself, you will make bad decisions over and over. You might hit a few good ones. And you might think they're good now, but you'll find out later they weren't so good. We weren't created to be alone. Remember Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. It is not good for man to be alone. But yet somehow we found a way to get into this, you know, this aloneness, even though we're around people, uh, and, and, and live that way. And then sometimes we end up, what I've seen is we end up going further and further, getting deeper and deeper. And before you know it, we're, we're just in misery. And things are not going the way we want to go. We've closed ourselves up from the resources that God has for us. And for me to think that somehow uh, I can make it on my own, part of this series is going to show us that we can't. Oh, I can get by for a while. You can get by for a while. I have no doubt. Uh, he's made you tough enough and really smart enough in some respects. But for the long haul, it doesn't work. And, and so I, I believe he's trying to come together. He's trying to pull his body together now in a day of great division and a great disconnect of relationship and friendship there's just a disconnect there. I think if any of us, if, if, if most of us were asked, do you have this kind of really deep friends, we might say, well, I, 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 maybe one. And some of us would say, no, I don't even have that. And I just think that's what God's going to address over these next few weeks. Because it, uh, it, be, it might be accurate to say, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe I don't know how to do that. Maybe I don't know how to do this. I want it, but maybe I just don't know. How do we really, how do I have a Elijah, Elisha? How do I have a Jonathan and David? How do I have a Moses and an Aaron relationship, a, a Ruth and Naomi where, man, I, I'm not leaving. I'm staying with you. Remember Ecclesiastes, two's better than one, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Yeah, somehow we can formulate in our mind that we can do this thing. We continue to fight through to do this thing. Maybe in pride we want to fight through and say, I can do it. 
And, and, and it would be too humbling for me to say, you know, I just can't do it. I've been trying for a while. <laughs> I've been struggling through this thing. I've been trying to make it work, and I just seem to come up with no answers. I have no answers. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't understand. I have no answers. Maybe somebody has an answer from God for you. They have the rubber raft. They have the rowboat. And, 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 and because God has set this thing in motion, it's like the law of gravity. I can say that it's not so all I want. But if I go to this roof out here and I step off the edge, what's going to happen? The law of gravity kicks in. I think this whole thing about friendship is one of those laws. It started in the beginning. It's not good for you to be alone. Listen to this verse as I wrap it up this morning. Ephesians 4 and verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and knit together <laughs> by what every joint supplies. So see, if I've cut my knitting together off, if I don't have that type of relationship, I am missing a supply from God. I can go to God and I can pray and I can ask and I can even yell at him. But I still won't get the supply because he said this is how it comes. Every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. What? And it causes growth for the body for the edifying of itself in love. So something happens. The word joint there in that particular verse, the Greek definition, is to join closely together, to frame together. It's like parts of a building. It's like members of the body. And the word knit together means to, to join together, put together, to unite or knit together in affection. Another definition for the word joint is a bond or a connection. The word for supply is a supplying. It's, 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 it's something that comes to us as we step into it. Would you just bow your heads for just a second? I thought this would be an easy lesson to do. I could get a few statistics, which there's really statistics out there from Scientologists and all these brainy, brainy examining people that would say to you that you will suffer health issues, mental issues, and life issues if you don't have the type of friends that I'm trying to talk about. And I thought, you know, wow, even, even the, the, the scientists are saying that, the neuroscientists are saying that something happens in your brain or doesn't happen in your brain based on the type of relationships you have. And I, I just, I want us to, to hear this, and, and believe me, I am in such a learning process myself in this because I'm getting blown away by how much God does say about it and how important it is for you and I. But, but I, I want you to, to, to begin to ask the Lord to help you with it. Help, I'm asking him to help me with it. So Father, this morning, we certainly want to have a close, affectionate 
relational relationship with you. And your word is, is that we actually can grow in that as we learn to relate and connect and be friends with each other. And I, I just pray, God, that first that all the things that have maybe caused us to want to shy away and just have things closed off <coughs> in our lives, Lord, those would be healed even as we took communion this morning, they'd be healed by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and we would all overcome. And that, Father, all of the things that we may not even recognize or see now that have impacted this uh, desire to be alone or separate or covered or boxed in would be broken off and that every one of us here would step into a new realm of relationship with you that would help us relate to others, which then helps us relate to you, Lord. God, I'm asking for just the, the grace and the love of God to just flood over our hearts and over our minds uh, through this next few weeks, Father, that literally will transform who we are and how we live. You, you said the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. And God, I'm believing that for every one of us here. In Jesus' name. Everybody said...